Hey, what's up? This is Christopher Stolle of Realm of the Mist Entertainment. The podcast you are listening to is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com. That's s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and information on those shows, as well as information and an ability to contact publicist Steve Joyner for more information. Just go to the website and check out the family, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, enjoy the show. Thank you for listening and welcome to the Life Radio Show, a proud member of the SJ Network and Breaking the Fourth Wall Entertainment. I'm your host, Don Smith. It was an absolute pleasure talking to the wonderful Tina Marie Trempert, uh, host of the Psychedelic Podcast. We learned a lot about zombies and flies. If you enjoy the show, like and follow the Life 1069 on Facebook and Don Smith Comedy on Twitter, or tune in live on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM, or you can stream the show live at WWSU1069.org. The brutal presence overwhelms me. The brutal presence overwhelms me. This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner. I'm in the middle of nowhere right now by choice because of COVID, the Rona. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll say, yeah, I could say all of that. Yeah, I went, um, I went ahead and ordered an aluminum baseball bat, a pink taser, and a whole bunch of Vienna sausages when that happened. Because I thought the zombie apocalypse was coming inevitably, and oh, the God. baseball bat never came. <laughs> mm. So thank you, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. The the most important piece, <laughs> right? I need. Yeah. I mean, there was a whole plan: knock them out with the bat. Well, tase them, knock them out with the bat, the bat, and force feed them Vienna sausages. That makes perfect sense. That that works for like a lot, but not just zombies. I don't know. Do tasers work on zombies? I don't know. We'll just go ahead and get right into it. By the way, this is a life radio show. We're already recording, so let's just go ahead and keep this conversation going because I'm okay. curious, as I'm sure my listeners are curious, whether or not tasers will work on zombies. This is a very valid question, and it's one that we have to be careful for. I mean, things are going to be happening soon inevitably i mean it's in all the movies it's on all the tv shows so zombies are going to happen be prepared make sure you get a taser just in case otherwise just go for the head yeah yeah i I, i'm curious to see if a taser will work and and if there's the first zombie sighting i'm showing up with a taser i'm going to have backup i'm going to have a baseball bat because you know you don't want that that's the mistake i see on a lot of these zombie movies Uh, Right off the bat, they're just wasting ammo. Oh, I know. They're, I mean, they're yeah. like all the, over. And oh, yeah. Come the, on. The, the, the large amounts of ammo, you have to save that until there are far more zombies. If there's just a couple running around, that's baseball bat time. And, yes, uh, definitely. And time, time to see if the taser is going to work. <laughs> have you seen Train to Busan? I have not. Are you there? Did we freeze up already? 
it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the life radio show without some technical difficulties and we're that's it's kind of uh, it's kind of my show is that a common occurrence <laughs> it is it is <laughs> it's your vibes what is that what is that going on the i don't know there's there's the internet dies yeah there there's Sometimes there's just too much awesome for the show to handle. That's that's what I say. That's <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. I wanted to ask you if you'd seen Train to Busan because we were on the topic of zombies, and right, that got me right. excited. <laughs> I have not seen that. No. Okay. Well, spoiler alert: guy with a baseball bat is the true hero of that movie. You've got to check it out. It's Korean, which I used to live in Korea, so I have a strong impulse to watch anything korean <laughs> nice I, I will definitely have to check that one out because anytime there's zombies getting taken out with baseball bats i'm i'm on board for that <laughs> and they're on a train they're on a train even imagine better, that even better right <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me introduce my guest real quick uh, tina marie from the uh, psychedelic podcast Psyche with a hyphen. Psyche. Yeah, the Psyche. Psyche Delic. Okay. I mean, have, to, have to get that right. But no, I, I, uh, I love the idea of baseball bats and zombies. I was in a movie a while back where I was taking people out with a croquet mallet, and it was a zombie Ooh. movie as well. So that was, that was, that was a fun time because we were looking around for something. I had to disable three people, and we're looking around. We got all these prop guns and prop knives and swords, and I see a croquet mallet laying on the – just leaning against the wall that had no business being there. And I was like, guys, I found my weapon. <laughs> Ingenious. I mean, there's probably so many things you can find laying around that it could actually take out a zombie. That's oh, yeah. ingenious though. A, a croquet mallet. That's <laughs> you, you have to know how to wield one and not everybody can do it and look and look great. <laughs> are you like a, are you like a croquet mallet slinging cowboy zombie uh, killer? No, I am uh, in, in that movie. I was Reggie, uh, Bob Ziegler, a very, uh, a, a fairly slow redneck kid, not kid, but oh. very childlike with a very sadistic streak to him. <laughs> Fun. It those, was a very. Those fun, are the best parts. It was a very fun character to play. I don't even think it was written that way. That's just the first scene had to be ad libbed because we, it was a location mix up, and we ended up somewhere where that script wasn't going to work for him. So I had to ad lib everything. So I made him a little bit crazy. So. Oh, well, that's amazing. You get to use your creative abilities. To, I love that about acting, like using that creativity in your own mind taking what the director or what the writer wants and giving them 110% better. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, tell me a little bit about the Psychedelic Podcast, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, so we are a large panel of people that are completely non-experts on a various topics. We talk about lucid dreams, astral projection. We've talked about animal versus human consciousness. But we also talk about things like Asperger's and things in the psychology field because I just simply have always had an interest in that and social sciences. So we kind of delve into how every aspect of the human mind works. And ooh, my favorite episode was the male versus female brain and how men are linear thinkers and women are spatial thinkers. And that blew my mind. I didn't know anything about that. Um, I mean, I, I can see now 
how everything makes sense when they say that men are from whatever planet. I think it's Mars and then yeah. women are from Venus. Yeah. So that sounds it right sense. to me. Yeah. And then I do a lot of live streams, which they're gaining a lot of traction with multiple people, entrepreneurs, celebrity type people. And that's a lot of fun, but that's separate from our actual podcast because I like to keep things pretty structured, but really fun and informative. But because there's so many different perspectives in all of my panel members are so different. It offers the listeners different viewpoints that they can draw their own conclusions from. Hmm. Interesting. Now, what sparked your interest in, in this kind of, in these kind of subjects, just a lifelong interest or was there something in particular that you thought I, I, I want to do, I want to know more about that and talk to more people about this kind of thing. Probably has to do with some childhood traumas or, you know, stuff of that nature. But I also think because I'm what you call a third culture kid, or in my case, it should be more like fifth culture kid, um, has to do with a lot of moving around and learning all these different cultures and just seeing and meeting so many people and watching how they work with each other and how they talk and how different everyone in humanity is. So I was that weird kid in, in sixth grade reading psychology books for fun. And so I just have always loved everything about the human mind and how people work. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, wh why, why were you moving around so much out of curiosity? Just Oh, my dad was a diplomat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that yeah. makes sense then. So what are some, what are some of the places that you, you've been to visited or lived? Oh, now you mentioned this is, Korea. Yes. This is so memorized. Okay. I was, <laughs> I was born in Japan, raised mostly in Korea, but I went from Japan to Texas, to England, to France, to Germany, back to Texas, to Tegu, Korea, to the Philippines, to Seoul, Korea, back to the Philippines, back to Texas. Then I went North Dakota, North Carolina, Virginia, Texas again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and landed, and landed in Texas again, and now here you are in the middle yes. of nowhere talking about zombies on the, on the live radio <laughs> show. So that's, that's the circle of life, I guess, as well. <laughs> yes. And I'm, you know, I'm going to end up somewhere else probably again. I don't mind. I mean, I keep the friends that are closest to me in every country that I go and I pick up on the languages in every country. And it's really fun. You don't just go to a country to go be with your fellow Americans. You go there to learn the culture of the people in that country. So I had a wonderful time in Korea. I actually speak it better than the languages I'm supposed to know. Can you guess oh, wow. what I am? Uh, I would not want to venture a guess. <laughs> no, go ahead. I get it all the time without me asking. <laughs> well, you said you were born in Japan, but I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I can't even guess. <laughs> I, I'm Filipina Norwegian, so I'm a Viking ninja. Okay. I would have never guessed, but, <laughs> yeah. but what's not to love about a Viking ninja? That's just fantastic. <laughs> it's random. I mean, I've had this tall, very white father and this really short, nicely olive 
tanned skinned mom, completely different heights. And I'm right there in the middle. So it worked out for me with modeling because I wasn't five feet tall right? <laughs> or yeah, just, six yeah. foot seven either. <laughs> you just, you just took the best from both sides. Thank goodness. I mean, I have this, I have this though. This is Norwegian. This five head. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so, so, so you're you're a model, or you're you're an actor as well, or yes, I okay. do both. Okay, okay. Uh, well, tell me how how you got started in in acting. Oh well, it actually started a long time ago. I mean, this doesn't really count, but I was always a musical theater kid. Um, that's how I started loving acting and just music because I love to sing as well and used to record at Carrie Underwood studio in Nashville, uh, worked with Dave Bechtel. He's pretty, he's an amazing producer. And from there I graduated high school, started a entertainment company where I would host events, networked with everybody in the city that I moved to from Pinehurst, North Carolina, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, um, did really well with that, with all the networking and all of the events that were model music, entertainment based things. I went to audition for a bunch of different little indie films. I did a lot of commercials. I was the first blue electronic cigarette commercial. <laughs> it was all over the billboards. But it was, you know, it's been a journey. I'm actually shooting this weekend for, you You know, Bill Foster. Yes. Um, so I'll be on set there. So I'm going to be Is that for showdown, showdown on the Brazos? Is that the one that yes. you still Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently it's pronounced Brazos, ah. which I just learned. Yeah, okay. I live here. Well, I, I just, just, learned, I just that. learned that too. <laughs> yes. So my daughter, my husband, and I will get to be pioneering Texans. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting. I've never been in a time period piece before. Yeah, there you go. So how is, uh, is this your first time back on, on the set since the whole COVID mess? Is that? Yes, it's, uh, I haven't been on set since November, 2019. So I miss it. And it's, it's strange. It's going to be really different, but you know, he's been very careful about, you know, taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that we're following all the ordinances in the city that we're shooting in and everybody's got to maintain a distance and have their masks when they're not speaking and um, stay apart from each other, which is so weird to me, but it's going to, it is what it is just going to roll with it. And it's sad. Most of the industry is shut down right now. Everybody's so bored that all celebrities have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And some of them are quite <laughs> awful. They're pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, I've uh, I, I don't li- I don't actually listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm usually too busy making my own and doing it. I'm so glad to finally be back on set again myself because a couple weeks ago we finally got back on. We we're going on. We have an on set nurse now. You know, just and just trying to do everything we can to make everybody safe, keep everybody safe. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't know what's wrong with my throat because I was in the I was in the basement of an abandoned warehouse for like four, thir- 12, thir- 13, 14 hours on Saturday filming. So now I have <laughs> I I oh, have gosh. some allergy issues, I think. But uh, that was Saturday. Loved every minute of it. I was exhausted by the end of the day. 
but uh, yeah, it is so great to be back on sets again because I've yeah. missed, missed it tremendously. And so that's that good exhaustion. That's that yes. I accomplished something that I missed so much kind of exhaustion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, got, demo I got demoted. I started out as a producer on this one and now I'm, I'm actually oh. holding the boom pole now because you know, independent film, you kind of step in where you have to, to get it done. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. I've had a couple of, uh, well, a friend of mine, Jess Paul is an indie film actress to her movie, just made it to the Austin revolution film festival and it's called Galatea. So she is the producer, the director and the main character. Well, one of the main characters of that film. And she was just talking about the same thing. I've seen it firsthand when you're in an indie film, you will do anything to make it work. You will take oh, yeah. any position given to you. Yep, you, you have to. You have you have to be able to roll with it or you'll never get it done. If you let something defeat you early on, you're never gonna get it finished. And that's Yeah, absolutely. We had, I was I was telling a little bit about the story of the uh, of Reggie. I was never cast as Reggie. And it was a movie called Six Feet Below Hell. It actually spent like two and a half, almost three years on Redbox. For some reason, they, they kept it running there the whole time. I guess it was popular enough that they kept it running. But it was, it was a cool. lot of fun. I was not, I was cast as a different character entirely. And like 12, 17 hours, something like that, before the first day of shooting, the person scheduled to play Reggie backed out. He just, oh. he just sent a message to the director and said, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do this, sorry. And he was on set the next day, supposed to be on set. My character, I wasn't due on set for a couple of weeks. So, of course, the director's freaking out and having a cow. So I just got a hold of him. I said, well, I can step in as Reggie. That'll give you a couple of weeks to, to fill my old role. I, you know, I don't care one way or another, whatever we need to do to get it done. Right. So I stepped in as Reggie, and that's the day I got there that morning, and we lost our set. And had to transition. We got about two hours before we found another location to film, and <laughs> we we still I, that that was why I had to ad lib everything, and we still ended on time for the day. So that's I love independent film, especially working with uh, this is William Lee with Cinema Lexicon. Uh, he just I, he is unstoppable. He's a powerhouse, and I just. <laughs> Awesome. I, I call him the gorilla filmmaker because there, there are parts <laughs> of uh, one of the movies that was released recently. We were in there are parts of it that are filmed on an iPhone uh, with very limited. I think it was just him and a couple of cast members running through a hospital where we had no permission to film <laughs> oh. <laughs> recording on an iPhone. <laughs> That's amazing. I would, you need behind the scenes footage for that kind of stuff. You cannot make it up that you cannot make that up. Yeah, that that's that's the stuff I love about the the, the low budget, micro budget indie filmmaking is you just yes. you do what you have to do to get it done. Yeah, and a lot of the times it makes you feel like that inner child in you gets to come out, especially working on indie projects. Like running through a hospital with an iPhone totally sounds like me in ninth grade. <laughs> Yep, just recording stuff you you shouldn't be recording, but yeah, uh, there's ghosts here. Like run, yeah. <laughs> Dirty yeah, syringes on the floor. Oh, those must be from the 1900s. Like, <laughs> well, no, they they, they Very were naive. They, they were filming what was supposed to be a patient escaping from the hospital, 
Which could have turned out very bad. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Was were they in a wheelchair? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think they were in a gown, but not. <laughs> Oh goodness! I hope oh, yeah. they had flip flops on. <laughs> yeah, it was. The, do it from the ankle up. <laughs> yeah, they 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 made it work, and that I, I I love them for it. It's fantastic that you get to get to be part of weird stories like that that you normally wouldn't. Definitely. Now you you said you started out in musical theater. Uh, did you do just regular theater, musical theater only? Because I I started out in in theater but I've both. never done musical. <laughs> oh, both. I do it all. I love dancing, singing, acting, modeling. Everything in that whole realm is what makes me who I am and why I am the way I am today. A lot of people look at me and they're like, why does she make so many faces? I make the craziest faces sometimes. I've tried to stop. Like, even when I ask the director or whoever's filming to please stop on that one section. Cause I, I'd like to redo a part. I'll be like, can you pause it? And my face will just be like completely contorted. I'm like, was, was I about to smile? Cause I was supposed to be happy there. I mean, it, it turns into a <laughs> smile, but I dare you to try to find a good shot of me on pause from this stream because I just move around so much. <laughs> now, are, are so, you partial? Yeah. As an actor, are you partial to the live performance or partial to film? I'm half and half. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I loved doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show musical where I played Janet. That was so much fun. Mm -hmm. um, you can't... Like, having a live audience right there is... It makes you try harder. It yeah. makes you... Like when people are applauding you as you're going, it just makes you keep going. Like just like with comedy. It's, it's an energy exchange. Yes, the absolutely. The more they give you, the more you give them back. And if they throw something at you, even better. <laughs> even better. It's like, wow, I hate you so much because you're awesome. Like, <laughs> thank you. This is where perfect timing too because this is where i'm supposed to shoot a glance <laughs> you know yeah. i I, <laughs> I got to going. play i got to play one character that was absolutely hated and that was so oh, yeah? much fun it was uh uh the foreigner i got to play owen musser in the foreigner and he is a uh he is a backwards racist jerk and i got to play that character and <laughs> That was, it was fun. It was weird, but it was fun to be hated just yeah. because it was like the better job you did, the more they're going to hate you. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I have similar experiences with reality TV, which I swear I will never step foot into that realm again where I was the hated one. <laughs> oh, you did. What, what was the show? I actually or don't, you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I I can talk about the experience, but I'm not going to shout that show out. Okay. Um. Yeah. So this was seven years ago, actually. Now, and it was at the time where, and I'm not saying that I smoke marijuana now, but I did then, and everybody, ha they came to me, and it was like an intervention. 
um, like as if I was on a kind of a hard drug or something and they all were like, and it was being filmed. They were like, we think that you really need to stop smoking weed. It's so bad for you. And I'm like, are we in the 1950s right now? And I just, I, I couldn't do it. I was like, I have to go. Like, that's that. Because they were trying to demonize me for that, amongst other things. And, like, you know how it is with reality TV. The producer wants to start drama that doesn't even... Oh. And I'm like, I don't yeah. need this in my life. This is so bad. Like, I don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was on some fun reality shows, like Texas Flippin' Move. That was a fun one. I won a house. Oh, Nice. Well, you can't yeah. beat that if you win a house. That's I want to go on that reality show and try to win a house now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> totally fun. So much fun. And just working with great people all the time. Even if I'm not a main character in something and I'm just getting called on as an extra for something. Like uh, in Chicago, we, we would do Chicago PD and all of the other, like Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Mm -hmm. They had a bunch of Chicago blanks so i was always in all of those a lot yeah and then i worked with next model talent agency so i was with next for a while and did a lot of voiceovers did a lot of stuff for the radio like uh all of our mattress must, uh, mattresses must go no i'm just kidding i never did a mattress one but it was a lot of fun i really love voiceovers because i can change my voice a lot <laughs> yeah that, that that's that's lot. fun that's fun that, give me can yeah. you give me some some voices can you give me some examples <laughs> sure give me a give me like a little give me a theme a theme <laughs> yes like what is this like what am i doing a an ex a commercial for oh i don't even know uh exterminators <laughs> okay zombie exterminators there you <laughs> Have the zombies been getting at you lately? Is that AK just simply not working? Well, call the zombie exterminators. 1-800-345-ZOMBIE. We're here for you. Zombie. Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Perfect, perfect. I mean, yeah. <laughs> echo, echo, echo. Add sound effects. Right, yeah. I, yeah and I'll, then I do... I'll... I'll try to I'll try to do it up a little bit just to make make the zombie exterminator commercial that much better on my show. Yes, no <laughs> pesticides needed. Yeah, just a <laughs> or taser, we could do the down home. A baseball bat. Yes, all you need is a taser and a baseball bat. You got zombies at your back porch? Don't worry about it. Grandpa over there turning rot turning into rot. It's all right. We'll handle that for you. Give us a call. <laughs> nice i yeah that's perfect perfect <laughs> <laughs> workable yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so uh, how, how'd you get started in voiceovers was it just an audition you randomly said that might be fun or you said you worked in radio thing. a little bit so yes yeah it was a very random thing i just auditioned for it and it happened i haven't done anything major but well, the commercials that I've done have been major, but I haven't, you know, I'm not like, I've done Macy's, but I haven't done multiple Macy's. Like, I wasn't the voice for it. I've done it in different states. And 
I also did a lot of Macy's fashion shows, actually. So I have worked with Macy's a few times and, you know, different in Chicago mostly is where a lot of my work happened and New Jersey for some reason. So I did, yeah, a lot of commercials. I can't even honestly name half of them. Things for malls, random things like sales. Everybody loves sales. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, Foco. Yeah, <laughs> See, that's what I need to get into. Just, just loan my voice, get my voice off of the life radio show a little bit and do some, do some commercials. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think everybody's probably hiring for that right now. I just got hired for another podcast to do a 1950s horror, um, episodic type show. So oh, I'm really okay. excited for that. Yeah. I, I have, I have done a couple of those. I was, uh, I was part of uh, Dayton Writers Movement, did the Unwritten Podcast, and I, I got to be part of that. There's season two. I was Chuck, uh, nominated for an Audioverse Award, so that was fun. Didn't didn't win a damn thing, but you know I was nominated, so that's what nominated. I guess that's, that's a big what, deal. Yeah, that, I guess that's nice. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but like then you're salty because you didn't. Right, exactly, because I should have won. No, <laughs> it should have been me. Right. Completely, Why wasn't? Completely get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to harbor these. I'm going to harbor resentment until the end of time. Right. Cause I should have won for my first time doing audio drama. I should have won that award. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine the stress that you must've felt. It was, it was tough. It was a lot of antacid, you know, the ulcers that it, it's just, Oh, I, you, you, oh, yeah, it's, it's rough. It was rough for the hemorrhoids. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, I think we're going to take a real. <laughs> well, I think we're going to take a real short break, and when we come back, we're going to have some more with uh, with Tina Marie, and we're going to uh, probably talk about some stupid news stories. Just to uh, sorry, some important news stories. Some definitely important. Yes. This is the news you won't get on the networks. Uh, because they're too busy following two old rich guys around trying to decide who they want to vote for. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in a few minutes on the live radio show. Don't go anywhere. Remember that the most important thing to remember is that you should, you should remember things. It's like, cause you don't want to forget stuff. Cause if you, because if you forget stuff, then you won't uh, remember it. So, so I'm sure you take some time today uh, to just, you know, reflect on remember, remembering stuff. So, all right, I, I think I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah, pretty, yeah, just just remember remember stuff Sad day, though I did everything. 
everything I could To change what my mind was thinking about Over to something good But it's got no button and it's got no switch As much as I wanted to And I can't paint yellow and I can't paint red Thoughts that are so completely blue And I wanna figure it out I wanna know just what brings me down Everybody's got it but nobody wants it Everybody's got it but nobody wants that fake dread of life The fake dread of life that's got me down What's up, guys? It's Chris Fristalia breaking the fourth wall. If you enjoy our show, you can find it on YouTube. Just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment or just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. And also, you can find us on all the social medias. Just look for Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And I will catch you on the other side. Hey, this is Don Smith. I want to take a minute to tell you about The Devil's Apple, a new book by my friend William Morris. It's the true and brutally honest story about Bill's own battle with addiction. It was written for those struggling to overcome addiction as well as those watching a loved one struggle. In Bill's own words, you work just as hard to be an addict as you do to be clean and sober. You can find The Devil's Apple on Amazon.com and for a limited time you can get it for free on the Kindle app. This house is a f***ing prison on planet bullshit! In the galaxy of this sucks camel dicks. Welcome back to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. We are we are Zooming with uh, Tina Marie uh, from the Psychedelic Podcast. Have to, have to get it correct. <laughs> I'm, I'm with glad a you, hyphen. I, with a hyphen. I'm, I'm glad you stuck around. Uh, we have some news stories that we have to cover, and I always, I always enjoy my guests' input on them. Uh, now, keep in mind that most of these I have not seen before, and I'm actually pulling them up as we're talking, because that, that, way, that way we're on fairly equal ground as far as what we make of these news stories. So, a man in France has accidentally blown up part of his house while trying to chase a fly with an electric swatter. 
the man in his 80s was eating dinner on Friday evening when he became annoyed by a fly buzzing around him. He picked up an electronic fly swatter, took aim at him, and as he was unaware of a gas cylinder leaking in his home <laughs> in the village of uh, Parso-Chenot, uh, a, a reaction occurred between the swatter and the gas, causing an, ex an explosion and part of his kitchen to blow up. The blast also damaged a section of his roof, and the house is currently uninhabitable. Somehow the man managed to escape the catastrophe with just a burn to his hand. His family are repairing the home while he re re resides at a local campsite. It is unknown what happened to the fly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that I'm, is incredible. I'm, I'm so glad that they tried to report on the condition of the fly and just weren't able to. My guess is Very that, important. that fly, because th this poor guy is residing now at a campsite with all kinds of bugs. <laughs> Wait, oh, that's his karma. That's that, that karma. is terrible. That is terrible. I, I, just, oh, I have wow. to wonder if that fly is now seeking him out at that campsite just to make his life a little more miserable. Probably. I mean, I hope he has a porta potty, but then again... I think they can get in those too. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. also he must not have had insurance, which is why he thought it was okay to run around with those zapper things. What or, are they called again? The, the electronic yeah, like, fly swatter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Electronic fly swatter. So, and his family is repairing the home. So no insurance on the house. Right. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> see my, my, my concern is that this, this gentleman's in his eighties. And, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you get to a certain age, your brain doesn't, you know, it, it, he might not quite understand why the house yeah. blew up. And he might now have a constant fear of flies. Why are they sending this <laughs> poor guy to a campsite? Why isn't he staying with his family? What's right, or at on? least a hotel or something. Nope, nope. Yeah. Send Pappy to the campsite. So he can get annoyed by more flies and mosquitoes and every other insect you can possibly imagine that he's Maybe now he had, going to be terrified to take a swat at just in case those ones blow up too. <laughs> maybe they're too yeah perhaps this is a lesson for him because maybe they're like we're tired of you chasing flies around maybe he has like a pre-existing phobia of a flying insect and it really freaked him out and they're like we're gonna send you to this camp where you're gonna learn all about how a lot of insects fly and you won't be able to kill all of them so, so it's, it's, it's like for so for him, this is like going to like the Museum of Tolerance or something like that. That's yes, yeah. Yes. So he can Which learn to live the symbiotic relationship with the insects around him, amongst the flies. Right. That or that wolves. makes <laughs> far more sense. Yeah. I, mean, I, I'm, I, I remember. I remember my grandfather once. My dad's dad lived down in Tennessee, and we came to his house once, and there was a big chunk of his porch missing. Just Ooh. like a probably three inch chunk off the corner of the porch was missing because he tried to shoot a wasp with a shotgun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can, I'm a, I, I can see this happening. I understand what's going on with this poor man. <laughs> we could be that's related. That's amazing. <laughs> that's, yeah. 
for, I mean, do you have French in you? You said it was in France, right? It, it is in France. I, I don't think there's any French in me that I'm aware of, uh, but it's, it's hard to say. Most of my family is from Eastern Tennessee, so you don't know what is mixed in there. Right. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I'm allergic to wasps. Every time I see one, you know what's funny is I'm allergic to them, but they get in the house all the time, and I don't like killing things, even flies. I don't know why. Maybe it's the crunchy sound or just like the, the grossness of a dead small animal. Uh, but I'll open the door and the fly will just go. Or the yeah. wasp will just leave. They, yeah. No I big don't, deal. I'm, I'm not a fan of wasps. I, I don't I don't like to kill most things, especially spiders. Some people are deathly afraid of spiders. Oh, yeah. I try to keep them around because they take out a lot of more annoying insects for me. Yes. So it cuts down on the work I have to do. So <laughs> I have the most beautiful, well, we have the most beautiful golden orb weaver or banana spider. I've been given four different names for this thing outside, right outside the door right there. And she is huge. She's about this big. Oh, wow. And she just gets, I watched her get this tiny little bee. Um, I don't even know if you could call it a bee. The tiny little things, but they look like bees, but they're not as plump. Oh, and like, she like just, the, what are the mayflies or something like that? It looks like kind of like that. Yeah, she was about that big. Took it, like wrapped it up, and like ziplined up into another area. That's the other name, writing spider. So she had these X's like all the way down on a separate web from the one she caught it in. And she was just like, wrapping it up and i was like i'm gonna hire that bug to wrap my christmas presents it was oh, amazing yeah. yeah they they do a heck of a job their spiders are fascinating to watch i mean i don't particularly want them on me or like yeah. in my immediate living space but me neither yeah <laughs> i I, <laughs> I i'm not as comfortable with that but they are fascinating uh, fascinating creatures that's for sure uh speaking yeah. of fascinating creatures let's go to florida uh, authorities in Florida said a pickup truck had to be fished out of a retention pond outside of a courthouse when the driver's boot became stuck on the accelerator while he was attempting to park. Uh, the Florida Highway Patrol said the 64-year-old Largo man was attempting to park at uh, Pinellas uh, Justice Center in Clearwater when his boot became stuck on the accelerator and the truck went over the raised curb, crashed through the fence, and plunged into the retention pond. The driver was able to exit the vehicle and return to shore safely without assistance, with assistance from the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office personnel. He was not injured. A tow truck was brought to the scene and fished the pickup truck out of the water. So, <laughs> uh, that's just a bad day right there. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I wonder where he was going. Uh, well, to court, I would <laughs> probably, oh, probably for right. a traffic violation. That'd been, that'd have been even worse. <laughs> Why oh, were you late? God. I was in the pond. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's like my dog ate my homework. To <laughs> They're just going to be like 10 days in jail. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> just, they just don't even mess with him at that time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great excuse to not make it to court though. Yeah. I, I would hope that that's acceptable. I would hope that they would accept that. As, Depends as on the county. Because there are yeah, there aren't a lot of great excuses to miss court. There probably aren't a whole lot that they would be okay with uh, if they. <laughs> and I'm sure this was the talk of the court. It's not like 
Oh, it's yeah. not like they couldn't look out the window and see this big GMC pickup truck being yanked up out of the retention pond. It's probably a fairly. <laughs> yeah. If I was a judge speaking amongst other judges during their four hour breaks, I would, I would definitely, it would be talked about. Right. And how can you go back into a courtroom and not just let everybody off the hook? Cause you cannot stop laughing. I mean, it's, Great. I'm glad he's okay. It wouldn't be laughable if he wasn't, but how would you be able to do your job after hearing a story like that happening right outside of yeah, the courthouse? That would, that would definitely bring some attention to the, it. It would definitely bring a little excitement to the day in court. Yes. <laughs> uh, free lunches for everybody. I mean, this just happened. <laughs> A Nebraska man's plea to the Lincoln City Council is going viral after he passionately laid out the case for the city restaurants uh, and stores to stop claiming chicken tenders are boneless chicken wings. This is very important, yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, Ander, Ander Christensen, uh, 27, whose father Roy Christensen is a Lincoln City Councilman, appeared before the governing body at a public meeting and encouraged the city, quote, to be a social leader in this country. We have been casually ignoring a problem that has gotten so out of control that our children are throwing around names and words without even understanding their true meaning, uh, treating the, these things as though they're normal. I go into a nice family restaurant and I see people throwing this name around and pretending as though everything is just fine. He said, I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. <laughs> of all the issues facing our world today. The South. <laughs> Uh, this was Nebraska, so yeah, that's still. Oh. I don't. I don't know. Is that we can let them have? We can let the South have them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, go, it it correlates. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. happens. I mean, wow. I mean, boneless chicken wings are gross, and I don't get them either. <laughs> but come on, I mean, the, the word yeah. "irregardless" is now a word in the dictionary. Yeah, so we might as well have boneless chicken wings. Yeah, I guess it has to happen. <laughs> Are you yeah, a fan they, of boneless chicken wings? I I like the bone-in chicken wings, but I, I'll eat a boneless chicken wing every now and then. But I understand what they are. I'm not going to go yeah. to city council and try to get them to change the name. You know, that's Jeez. I don't I don't have that kind of time. I like the fact that his dad was on the city council as well. It's like okay. Go home, Junior. Get back in the basement, play your video games, leave me alone. <laughs> I wonder if he had some type of traumatic experience with boneless chicken wings. Like at prom, a whole platter just got dropped on his head like he was Carrie during the prom scene. That is a possibility. Yeah, they, 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 they voted him prom king just to pelt him with boneless chicken wings. Everybody did it. I mean, there was Jimmy, there was... June, there was Juniper, <laughs> all the Johnnies of Nebraska. Oh, yeah. oh, and there are a lot. That's like half of their graduating class was all. Oh yeah, Johnnies. all fourteen of them. Yeah, mm -hmm. half. That was several of the of the girls too were also Johnnies. So <laughs> they were Johnnies with a Y. Yeah. Most right, of them. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was it's thinking J O N N I. You know, put the E after it. Some of them. Some two of percent. them. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it, <laughs> I'm glad you had the actual statistics. Some of my some of my guests just believe what I say. I am glad you have the the numbers to back it up when you count. I was there. I, I'm Johnny. 
Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I started the trend. Now, how do you feel? Well, you already said how you feel about boneless chicken wings. You're not a fan. Yeah. So you yeah. you well, are well, in the you, know. you are in the same camp as 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 Christensen, as Ander Christensen, <laughs> which yes, but I yeah, was projecting was, my anger. I was projecting. Understandable. Understandable. <laughs> All right, firefighters responded to a beach in Florida to help a man with an unusual problem. A nurse shark latched onto his arm. Uh, witness Jeremy Porter captured photos and video on, in Jensen Beach when a man came out of the water cradling a nurse shark that had latched onto his arm. Lifeguards summoned uh, Martin County fire personnel who can be seen in video footage pouring alcohol <laughs> on the shark's face. Why? That just to get him drunk, that's weird. Uh, in an attempt to get it to let go of the man's arm, uh, Porter said the shark finally let go of the arm after about 20 minutes and was returned to the water uh, staggering. Uh, experts said nurse sharks are docile and normally not dangerous, but have been known to bite if provoked. So he had a nurse so, shark attached to his arm and they decided to get it drunk. Um. So when he let go, did he let go the nurse shark? Did she let she or he let go with the arm still attached? I believe so. I believe that did did not take the arm back as a souvenir. But I so, I just want to point out as a nurse shark, uh, they're trying to get it drunk so it'll let go. And I don't know if these folks understand this. I have known a lot of nurses in my day, and it tends to take them a lot to get drunk. <laughs> A lot of the nurses I know are party animals, and they're going to take quite a bit to get drunk. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. I can but, see why. I mean, geez. well, it's it's a stressful job. I work in the medical field. I'm I'm a maintenance man. I know a lot of these nurses, and they are there's some wild ones. There are some wild ones. Oh wow, that's why <laughs> most of them are pretty. Yeah, there are some really pretty nurses out there, and you you go, oh, she definitely parties. Oh yeah. yeah? Oh yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, nursing school that, is like a little sorority. Yeah, the ones that don't party are all like uh, Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Those are the ones that don't party much. <laughs> you can usually tell. It just A lot of times just by their facial expressions. That's you can hilarious. tell which nurses don't party. All right, yeah. let's see what else we got. Oh, here's, here's a bright one. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, Jeff, oh, oh wow, Joseph uh, Koberl uh, knows how to keep it cool. The Austrian has managed to spend two hours, 30 minutes, and 57 seconds inside a custom-made glass box filled up to mm. his shoulders with ice cubes, wearing nothing but swim trunks. Uh, I'm fighting the pain by visualizing drawing on positive emotions so I can dampen this wave of pain, Koberl uh, told reporters Saturday as a small crowd gathered in a town of Melk to watch the feat. Uh, the, that way I can endure. Uh, Kuberl, uh, the Associated Press says, beat his own record from 2019 by 30 minutes. It took reportedly, it reportedly took more than 440 pounds of ice to fill up the box, all for a Guinness World Record to beat his own record. That wow. And it's like you already had it. He I was guess, afraid somebody else was going to take it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess if you if somebody's going to beat your re own record, it might as well be you. <laughs> that's 
That's fantastic a, point. Uh, Coe Burrow is planning to beat his own record one more time next year in Los Angeles. His team claims uh, that his personal record is also the current world record when it comes to exposing his body to ice for as long as possible. I guess if you're going to have a hobby, <laughs> I, yeah, this one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Oh, I can't imagine, you know, trying to beat your own record and losing your limbs over something so random and niche. Right. I mean, there's right. a lot of niche stuff in the Guinness Book of World Records, but really, who even, I do, <laughs> I answered my own question. I was going to say, who even reads those anymore, but I do. So, Wow. I, I I'll report, have to look out I report for that. a lot of them on the show. I reported a lot of a lot of the more unusual Guinness World Records because I found out that if you want to get a Guinness World World Record, you don't really have to do anything extremely impressive. You just have to do something so random that nobody's done it yet. Yes, gather a whole party of people and everybody do the chicken at the same time for twelve minutes. Yeah, that's like that's probably thousands. been done. <laughs> See, okay. Because well, so, there goes so my weird. hopes and yeah, dreams. That, yeah, that, it, it, it could, it, it might still be open. I don't know, but uh, it's. <laughs> I'll look it's, into it. It's it's on my bucket list. Okay, okay. It, it's hard to find something random enough to to still be the first one to ever do it. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, and it, but that's all you have to do is just find that one weird random thing that nobody has done yet. I wonder if anybody's like picked picked their nose so hard they gave themselves a lobotomy. Would that be something to get in the record for or a medical journal? Both. Okay, okay. For the yeah, furthest for finger both. has gone up the nose for the yeah. You have yes. to have a really long finger for that. But or fingernails. You know how that is they true. have the people with the nails that curl and ugh that that freaks me out. I don't yeah, like those ones. Much, yeah. yeah. When I hear about those stories, no. Uh, no, please. <laughs> All right. We'll do one more. A husband who was asked by his wife to spruce up their garden decided to surprise her with a 12-foot-tall T-Rex instead. Uh, Adrian Shaw, 52 years old, purchased the 14-stone resin and fiber, fiberglass dinosaur uh, for this is a British British paper uh, for one thousand six hundred pounds in place of a garden gnome his wife Deborah asked him to buy uh, the dinosaur named Dave was strategically lifted into the couple's garden in uh, Leamington Spa uh, by crane uh, all of which took place while Deborah who was uh, none the wiser was out running errands uh, Adrian who has two grown up sons said this project is a result of my wife's my wife's request to make the garden look nice. And there's not much of a garden left. There is a picture on here, and there is not much of a garden left. It just looks like a couple of random plants in a pot and some crushed brick and a huge T-Rex dinosaur right in the middle of it. It's just, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you, if you want to see the picture, go, go to uh, mirror.co.uk under the weird news, and you you can see this picture, and it's a... Uh, it's definitely unique. There probably aren't a whole lot of people that choose a 12-foot T-Rex over the, the standard garden gnome. Yeah, I, it sounds like a cross between a midlife crisis and good taste. <laughs> yeah, Gnomes I don't, are tacky. 
the gnomes are tacky. Yeah, they are a little bit. They're, they everybody's doing it. Everybody has. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I, that's I, I why it's tacky. T-Rex, mostly because you know, just to make the neighbors mad. I'd put it right out in the front yard. I'd have a <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how the HOA would handle that, though. There, I don't have one where I live, and it's probably a good thing, or I'd have fought with them enough by now to have been kicked out of the area. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just set random bonfires all over the place? Like, what's oh, going I, on over there? Well, I, I'm never home, so that's, you know, I'm, I'm hardly ever home. Even even with COVID, I'm not home much. And when I am home, I'm recording episodes. So, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't get out much these days, but I'm never home, which is a weird paradox. <laughs> yeah. That's, it is. That's an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hard to do. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of concentration and a lot of work to never go anywhere but never be home. That is um, uh, and a you, conundrum. And you thought you were the ninja. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I can't even fathom that sentence right now. <laughs> I can't. All right, I'm going to give you a couple minutes right now if you have any social media you want to throw out there. And, of course, you can tell us where to find your podcast and anything else you want to promote. I'm going to give you a couple minutes to do that right now. So take it away, Tina Marie. Okay, so my Instagram, which I'm trying to build, is at Asian Ranch Sauce because Mm -hmm. it's a cool name. Our podcast Instagram is at Podcast. My Facebook, don't make fun of me, facebook.com slash sick, sick, tired, tired. I was going through an emo phase. It used to be bow for your queen. Um, and you, from there, you can find our podcast, which is the Psychedelic Podcast Facebook page. We're, we're growing pretty, pretty well on that page, so I'm super excited about it. If you want to catch my live streams, they're on both. So you can just click follow, click like, and you can find us anywhere. Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Alexa. We're on Podbean just like you are. So it's the Psyche, here's my cat, Dash <laughs> Delic Podcast. And there, it, yeah, it's Psyche, P-S-Y-C-H-E hyphen Delic. It's a play on words because I'm very punny. And our link tree I'll give it to you for your description is https colon backslash backslash l i n k t r dot e e backslash the psychedelic podcast. There's not a hyphen there. So pretty confusing, but you can find me just by looking up Tina Marie Trimpert anywhere, T R I M P E R T. Just Google it and everything will pop up. <laughs> All right. Do, do you have any films coming up or any projects you're working on now or anything getting ready to be released that we can throw out there as well? Uh, well, currently no, but we're working with Bill Foster this weekend. So look out for a showdown on the Brazos. Brazos. Yep, it's Brazos. <laughs> so look out for that. It's going to be fun. It's, a, it's an 1880s time period piece that I'm super excited about because – why not? I mean, I've never done anything Wild West. I don't really see myself as a Wild West person, but it's super, super exciting. And nice. Bill's an amazing director, amazing guy. Like, definitely check that out. Find his IMDb and look him up. Check him out. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It was great talking to you and getting to know you a little bit. And uh, thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show. As I keep telling you, if you're going to keep listening, I'm going to keep making them. All right. Have a great night. <laughs> Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show podcast. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, if you want to listen live, we are on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM. You can also stream the show live at WWSU1069.org, and we go Facebook Live at the Life Radio Show's Facebook page. If you have suggestions or comments, feel free to email thelife1069 at gmail.com. Me. The brutal presence. You can cut that part out.